three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 20s and 20 podcast, where we cover everything you need to know about your 20s in only 20 minutes. I'm Mallory Metz, and this is As Good As It Gets. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of 20s and 20. I'm Mallory Metz, and today I'm so excited. We have Allie from Finding Mr. Height with us. Allie, hello. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm so good. Why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, your name, your age, and where you're currently living. I'm Allie. I am 33, and I am currently living in San Diego for the winter, which is where I grew up. I'm at my mom's house right now, but normally I live in New York City in Brooklyn. And I'm a dating coach. I have a TikTok at Finding Mr. Height and a website, FindingMrHeight.com, where you can apply to be part of my profile reboot and dating coaching program. Yeah, we'll link everything in the description below. But let's dive in a little bit deeper to learn a little bit more about who you are. So where did you go to college? Did you go to college? And what did you study? I did. I went to Penn, uh, University of Pennsylvania, and I studied undergrad business. So really focusing in on marketing and retailing. This was not on my radar at all at that juncture. And I still work in that field. I work in corporate retail. So I sit in Excel all day and do financial forecasting. And I absolutely love it. But this is kind of a side thing that has blossomed over the last year or so and it's been so much fun and very different from what I do why don't we go ahead and as much as we would love to talk about diving into excel and doing forecast planning <laughs> let's that's not why we're here <laughs> that's not why we're here today let's Shoot, talk okay. a little bit about this let's call it a side hustle so you're also a dating coach what does that entail for you are you remodeling profiles are you counseling people How did this get started since this is so different than what your day job looks like? So it really started on accident, if I'm totally honest. I went into 2020 calling it my year of vulnerability. I'm not really one for New Year's resolutions per se, but that's kind of how I positioned it. And one day in January, I just posted a picture of me and my cat on Instagram to my personal page and said, hey, I have four first dates this week who wants to hear about it? And it was like a poll, like yes or no. And an overwhelming number of people said yes. And so I just started talking about my dating life pre-pandemic. So it was quite different. The dates I was going on, the guys I was seeing all on my personal page and people started referring their friends. And all of a sudden they had all these people following me that I didn't really know. And I kind of realized it had taken on a life of its own. And so I moved it over to its own dedicated Instagram, which is Finding Mr. Height. And then it kind of blossomed from there in terms of talking about my own dating life. And as I did that, I realized that the amount of time that I've spent on dating apps and generally dating over the last 15 years, I was online dating like in high school, which was quite early at that point. I met my first boyfriend on a website called eCrush. <laughs> I tell people that and they're like, what's eCrush? Like, you, you didn't want to be on it. Malcolm Gladwell has that whole thing about 10,000 hours makes you an expert on something. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even like to know how many hours I've spent trying to date, but it's a lot. And so I started helping friends and people who were following my own dating life journey. And when I got on TikTok in September, I kind of realized this is something that I could do for a lot of other people and something that I think I'm pretty good at just with the experience that I've had. Where did this name come from? (laughs) Finding Mr. High? Where is this derived from? Why that name? So I actually used to write a blog like on the computer stories type of thing years and years ago. And a friend of mine came up with this name. I was trying to figure out what it was. And I'm six feet tall. And many of my friends are as well because I play volleyball and one of my 
volleyball friend jokingly said, oh, you're looking for Mr. Height. I thought, wait a minute. Yeah. I love that. We had a whole episode, me and another girl, Stuart Fisher, and we talked about everything, tall girl problems, like dating, Mm -hmm. height, us looking for Mr. Height. So it is a real struggle. But you also have a dating application out there. Is that legitimate? How has that gone? Do you get a lot of responses? In theory, it's legitimate. Almost none of the responses have been. Originally, I saw it on TikTok. Some girl had posted that she got thousands and thousands of applications. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I met my boyfriend because he submitted this application? So I put a bunch of questions together of stuff that's important to me. And I've gotten a few dozen. It's been up for, I think, two and a half or three weeks. So it's pretty new. And I have one person that I've reached out to. It was actually just a couple days ago. So I haven't heard back from him yet. But we'll see. I mean, maybe. And where does the link to this application live? I know it's on your TikTok. I'm sure it's on your Instagram. Is it also in your dating app profiles? So if you go to my like link tree that my link in bios on my TikTok, it's there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on my Tinder profile. I didn't put it on my Bumble or my Hinge because I'm nervous I'm going to get reported and then ultimately banned from those apps, which has happened to people before. Yeah. And if that happens on Tinder, I truly don't care. But Bumble and Hinge, I'm, I'm trying to find my person and I like those apps. So I don't want to get banned. Overall, how has dating in 2020 been for you? I know for pretty much the world, it's been very disjointed, very disconnected, people putting themselves out there in ways they haven't before. For you personally, how has 2020 been? And then how do you feel like 2020 has been for dating in general? For me, I've kind of experienced a lot on the spectrum of dating in 2020. As I mentioned, I started finding Mr. Height in its current form in January, and I actually met somebody who became my boyfriend in February. So I got into what became a fairly serious, fairly quickly relationship right around Valentine's Day, and then New York City went into lockdown about a month later. So I experienced a relationship in quarantine. That person actually moved out of state. So I was also in a long distance relationship during quarantine. Obviously, with where we're at now, it didn't work out. So I then went through a breakup and came back onto the dating scene. And since then, it's really shifted how I've evaluated who I want to go out with. Mm -hmm. Because before, when I was doing this in January, for example, I was more ruling in than ruling out in terms of, you know, this person seems interesting, let's give it a shot. You know, if I don't like him, I can leave after one drink. And now it's so different because I don't want to meet up with somebody in person that I have any hesitation about whatsoever because the risk is so much higher. Even if all of my dates in person are outside and socially distanced, there's still a risk attached to it. Mm -hmm. Between that and then also virtual dates becoming so much more commonplace, which I used to think that was weird if somebody wanted to FaceTime or call me before we'd met in person. And I think a lot of people felt that way. But now it's so normal. And I actually think as I talk to people I hope that that continues to be something that's normal, even after it's not necessarily needed for health reasons. I do think, though, that you have to sort of know that virtual dates can be a little inherently awkward, and you're probably not going to feel that butterflies feeling that you might in person because they're not there. What's your perspective on really go-to places to meet people? What do you think people should have been doing pre-pandemic to meet people? And now how has that changed? And like, where do people need to go? Now it's like, is my living room not an option? Um, (laughs) But pre-pandemic and 
and, and hopefully eventually post pandemic, I play a lot of sports personally. Mm-hmm. And I have found while I don't really like to date guys that I'm actively playing with, because then if things don't go well, you have to keep seeing them. I have found that the people that I've met through those have been really great vehicles for me to meet romantic interests. So guys that I meet through volleyball or softball or football, or the other sports I play, their friends have been a great in the past dating pool for me. And I think that's really great because you get to know people in a little bit more of a low pressure situation where it's not immediately, do I like this person or do I think they could be my person? I play on a sand volleyball league and yeah, you can meet plenty of people who you're not playing with. And like you said, they're going to introduce you to people. You're going to go out with them, et cetera, et cetera. And I, despite being very extroverted and sort of probably coming across like this might not be the case, I really don't like talking to strangers. I am not the person that wants to chat with the guy next to me on the plane, although I have done that a couple of times. Like I'm not super comfortable in those situations. So whenever anybody, dating coaches, et cetera, has talked about approaching men in public, that's just never been something I've been good at. No, that makes me want to throw up. Especially <laughs> when I find someone attractive, I'm like literally looking the other way, like cannot go up to them at all. So I 100% agree. The people that I'm into probably think I hate them based on my body language and entire demeanor. Now, do you feel like the only place to really meet people is through these dating apps? I think so, because even before it became normal, I've always thought that it was the best place because if they're a good person, something you don't have to screen for is, is this person single? Something that's really hard often, I think when you're, you know, let's say you're on a sports team or you're in a sort of a social setting and you might like somebody, but you have no idea if they're in a place where they could like you too. And Mm -hmm. that piece is removed for you on a dating app in theory. Like, you know, that the people that you're seeing are at least single. And then when you're actually talking to them, you know that they already liked you. Let's talk about some of your favorite dating apps. Let's hear some pros, some cons. Let's get a refresher. My favorite two by far they are so far ahead of everybody else that it's comical or bumble and hinge and i will say that a dating app is only as good as who's on it mm-hmm. and who's on it in your target demographic right so that's super important when i talk to my clients about like which one or ones to be on go on a few or multiple check out what you're seeing and that's how you can start to figure out what is going to be best for you like when i've talked to women in europe for example hinge is really just gaining momentum over there and bumble has much more of a market share so bumble is way better better just because there are more men on it. But that's not the case here. I think it's pretty even here. Those two have sort of in the, you know, 20s and 30s age range, at least the broadest assortment, if you will, with the exception of probably Tinder, who has everybody, but then you're really sorting through a lot of, for me, things that I'm not interested in, um, since I am looking for a more serious relationship. You do hear about your Tinder unicorns of people who have met serious partners on Tinder. But if you're trying to maximize your time and your effort, I think Bubble and Hinge are really where it's at. And then if you're trying to think about which one is better, I like Bumble a lot more. One, because I'm comfortable opening conversations and I like being able to do that and sort of immediately diving into a fun conversation if he's the type of guy who answers my question in a fun way, which is one of the ways that I kind of figure out if he's the right guy for me. And the other thing is that I think I just have more success with people liking me on Bumble, truthfully, than on Hinge. I do really like Bumble. I like the filters regardless of what you're 
filtering through. I like that they give you the option to pick what you want to sort by. One of the things I will say about the filters on Bumble is I warn people to be a little bit cautious about how many they're using when they're mm-hmm. searching for people. And the reason is because you can skip them all when you fill out a profile. So like height is totally safe because literally every guy fills that out. And if he doesn't, there's a reason. But there are so many men that I've talked to and that I see that don't have very many filled out. So they might actually fall into the group you're looking for, but you're just filtering them out. That's a really good call out. I mean, I only filter by height, but like, yeah, yeah if you're filtering by religion or kids mm-hmm. or whatever, you may be automatically skipping over people just because they neglected to fill out their profile completely. Exactly. Like the guy that I dated for five months this year, I've seen his Bumble profile recently and he now has these things, but he was a lawyer. He didn't have graduate degree. He didn't have Christian. That's really important to him. So if I had been searching for those things, which I wasn't, but I wouldn't have even seen him. Do you think these apps, Bumble and Hinge and Tinder, do you think they're feeding you profiles that are similar to what you look like? Like for instance, there's the theory, right? That if you're an eight, Tinder and Bumble are feeding you profiles that are also eights. Do you believe I, that? I don't. And I think that that's actually where the artificial intelligence thing could become awesome because it will do that. What I know to be true about both Bumble and Hinge is they actually show you people who will never see you because you don't fall into their filters. And I know that for a fact because I have seen people that I know, like my brother, unfortunately, but I've also seen guy friends, etc., where I know for an absolute fact that they have filters, meaning that they would never see me. So for example, I fall outside of my brother's age range. I know that we've talked about it, but I see him. Or another example, I have a guy friend who's pretty short. And one time I took off my height filter and I saw him. I happen to know his filter is 5'9 and below. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing profiles. Maybe they're, in theory, the same attractiveness level as you. But you're seeing people that will never see you, which sucks. I think those apps want you to see people that you like. And they know the people that get a lot of swipes. Like They know who the 10s are, but just based on the number of right swipes they get, right? So I think yeah. they, they serve those people to more people. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy in that sense. Interesting. And then I know something you talk about a lot on your TikTok is lazy dating app behavior. What is Mm. it? How do you define it? How do you overcome it? Let's hear some thoughts. I mean, I think it's just lazy dating behavior in general, but because all of my dating and I think a lot of people's dating is on the apps at the moment, I kind of like narrow it down there. But generally, it's people who are expecting the other person to put in significantly more effort than they are. So people who aren't meeting you in the middle. And it can be so frustrating. And I think it's one of the reasons that dating gets discouraging for people is because they always feel like they're the ones doing all the effort and all the work. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what I have a series on my TikTok that's like calling out lazy dating behavior or dating app behavior. And it's all about different examples of that. So, you know, guys who want to move to texting and they just throw their phone number into the chat and expect you to text them. Like, no, you're the one who wanted to move to texting. So you should ask for my phone number and then do it. And it's not even a gender role thing at that point. It's the person who wanted to do the thing should do the thing. Totally. One that infuriates me to no end is, you know, on Hinge when you can either send somebody a like or a message, right? Right. I exclusively send a message and I always ask a question in that message. So I'm opening the conversation. And then men will just match with me and not answer my question. And so then it'll say, Zach, sorry, Zach, but you did this this morning. Zach invited you to start the chat. And I'm like, bro, I just started the chat. I, what? <laughs> so I actually say to them, and I did this to Zach and he responded very well and now we're talking, but I did a TikTok about this. I say, Allie starts chat. 
Zach invites Allie to start chat. It's yeah, it's just ah, it's the worst. A lot of comments that I get on my lazy dating app behavior series are why bother? Like why bother calling these people out? And the answer is because a lot of people are not being intentionally lazy or hurtful. Mm-hmm. And if called out, when you set your standard of, hey, guy, I'm not going to accept this, you need to put in the same amount of effort as I am. If they respond in a way that's like, you know what, you're right. And then they start putting in that effort, I am happy to continue. And then there's all these theories on how these algorithms work on these dating apps. What do you feel like is the best time or day to use dating apps? And like, what goes into that in the background? I far and away think Sundays are the best day. Hinge actually releases a lot of data on their website. They have a very, very cool, I guess you'd call it a blog, but very cool articles about all of their data and learnings that they've gotten. And a lot of different websites and apps have it too. And they almost all all universally agree that Sundays are when the most people are active on apps. And actually, January in general is the highest month of the year for dating apps. So Sundays in January, extremely good. This is anecdotal, but I think that the algorithms push you more when you're actively swiping because it's a really good user experience to get that it's a match in real time. I have found that I get more matches when I'm being more engaged in the app generally. So that's good. But then also when you think about Bumble only gives the guy 20 four hours to respond to your message. So you want to send that message when he's most likely to be on the app. For someone out there who maybe hasn't used dating apps a lot or is back into dating new on these platforms, what do you feel like is a good go-to opener for starting a conversation? Do you think it's playing off something in their profile? Do you think it's just something simple like, hey, what do you think gets the best reaction and response? So I always start out with what I call a hook. I'll say, hey, Zach, big question for you, dot, dot, dot. And honestly, like 90% of people respond. But if they don't respond, then I don't even bother like coming up with some sort of creative question coming out of their profile because they're not interested. They swiped right on accident or they're not paying attention or whatever. But then if they do respond, then I'll take a look at their profile quickly. And I usually pose a hypothetical where we're in a situation together. So I'll say something like, okay, we're out to dinner. What shared appetizer are you lobbying for? If there's nothing in their profile that I can pounce on. Or if there is something like, let's say they have a picture of themselves dancing at a wedding because 70% of men have one of those. But I'll say, like, we're at that wedding together. What song got us on the dance floor? These are good openers. I'm going to have to write these down. I have videos on my TikTok about various different dating opener ideas, but also the template that I use. Because you can recycle the same template, but still make it seem fresh and personalized while still kind of using a structure that I think works really well. Yeah. And then how do you suggest these people, the conversation's going well, they're really hitting it off. How do you get this dating app conversation to turn into something more I really like for the guy to ask me out I don't tend to just out of the blue suggest hey let's go on a date but what I do is I'll say things like he'll ask a question that's you know something about a long story and I'll be like oh that's more of an in-person story or he'll mention something that sounds kind of cool and I'll say well you'll have to tell me about it on our first date because I think one of the things is that men struggle with is that women expect men to make the first move take the initiative to ask them out etc but they oftentimes aren't providing them with enough reassurance that they're not going to get rejected. And so I think it's really important to make sure that you're communicating interests. I do want to go out with you. I am enjoying this conversation so that that gives them a little bit more solid ground to stand on to take the honestly scary step of suggesting a next step. Well, Ali, I end every episode talking about pet peeves relative to the (laughs) subjects we've been talking about. So would love to hear a couple if you have them. Absolutely. And we've touched on a couple of them already. I think my biggest pet peeve is people who expect 
effort when they're not giving any. So, Mm -hmm. you know, people whose profiles say, ask about it, or, you know, don't have time to fill this out, ask me anything. It's like, okay, well, why am I the one that needs to ask you things? Why can't you take the time to put stuff in? And then I think another pet peeve is that people are so negative. And I get that dating can be rough, especially right now. But I exclusively swipe left on a profile that says anything that they don't want, you know, know this, know that referencing past bad experiences. Like it's one of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody brings in past negativity or baggage into a situation where we haven't even met yet. You got however many characters to show the world what you're about and you decided to use them to be negative about the previous women that you've seen or dated. (laughs) Yeah. Like that says everything that I need to know about you and I don't like any of it. Okay, Allie. Well, we've covered off on a lot of topics today. This is really great, but thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, this was so fun. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you in the new year. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go to our Instagram, follow us, give us a like, give us a shout out, tell your mom, tell your grandma and leave us a comment. Thanks for joining us.